This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Ethan Lumen. Well, friends in Christ, today we talk about knowing and being known. It's part of the essence of what it means to be a human, to live in relationship and be connected in, in our time of the world, 21st century, we are disconnected. It's been a while since we've seen some people, maybe months or over a year, and, and we feel lonely or isolated. We feel on our own. It's natural that all of us as, as people are we're called to be connected. We need places where people know us, where we can know them too. And, and mentoring fits into that. Mentoring is it's basically a, a commitment between two people to be present for one another and learn and listen to each other. It, mentoring is it's kind of actually offensive <laughs> to, to our world today because it's us saying boldly, I, I don't know how to do it on my own. I, I need help. I, I need others around me who might be smarter or wiser than me. We need others to be present in our lives. Ruth and Naomi present a, a beautiful witness of a, of a biblical mentoring. And uh, the irony is not lost on me. It's Father's Day and we pick a text about two women. Yeah. We'll plan better for next Father's Day. No, we'll see by the end. I hope that you see exactly how it is that this text also helps us to see the role of fathers in all of our lives too. But the first thing that's necessary for mentoring that that, that lays the level for for what it means to live in relationship is this, that you have a, a connection, a life overlap. It's as simple as that. For Ruth and Naomi, they were mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. And I don't know, I mean, if you watch TV or, or the movies, I mean, I, it's probably like the most complex relationship out there, isn't it? Mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. It seems like there's always issues going on, uh, at least on TV. But Ruth and Naomi have a beautiful relationship between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And, and more than that, they pretty much have no one else in their lives. So what happened was Naomi and her husband, they left Bethlehem where they lived, and they moved to Moab, and they took their two sons with them, and there in Moab, their two sons found wives, Ruth and this other woman named Orpah, and and, um, while they were there, Naomi's husband died, left a widow. What's more, both of Naomi's sons died, leaving her not only a widow, but also without sons leaving her daughters-in-law without husbands, pretty much left all alone. Naomi gives both of her daughters-in-law a chance just to go home. She said, go home, be with your people, and, and uh, I'm going to go back to Bethlehem, and it'll be whatever. But, but Ruth says to her, and you might know this Bible verse, a very famous Bible verse. She says, where you go, I'm going, and where you stay, I'm staying, where, where, you, where you lodge, I'm going to lodge. Your people are going to be my people. Your God is going to be my God. Far be it if anything but death separates me from you. I'm not leaving. And Naomi's like, okay, whatever. I guess come with. But uh, 
All it takes is the overlap. And even if you've lost most everyone, there's still somebody in your life. Maybe it's a children or grandchildren, nieces, nephews, um, co-workers, a, a boss. We all have people in our lives. If we have no one else, we at least have the Amazon delivery man. Right? Yeah. All it takes to be in a mentoring relationship is overlap. But it takes a little bit more than that, though. It takes a mutual willingness to be present for each other. A mutual willingness to be present. Ruth demonstrated to Naomi that she was willing to be present for her as she moved from Moab to Bethlehem to live in a strange city with strange people. But she moves there, and and not only does she give her word, she also proves it. Ruth gets out, and she starts working in the fields, and and she starts uh, getting as much as she can to help feed Naomi and herself to provide. She goes, and she works in this man named Boaz's field, and and part of the tradition back then was um, to help the poor. What you did is you didn't harvest your whole field. You left some things around the edges. You left parts of the field unharvested so that anyone could come if they had nothing and they could come and get food there. That's what Boaz did and that's where Ruth found herself working. Naomi and Ruth were uh, mutually present for each other. We need people to be present for us. You know, but I, I, I think as American Christians this gets really hard. We don't like other people telling us what to do. We don't like other people um, being too nosy or involved in our lives. It can be hard to hear when people speak tough things into our lives. I think the more damaging thing, though, is that we as Christians and as Americans, we find it hard to speak the challenging words into the lives of others. We just say things like, well, you do you. I guess we'll see how it works out for you. We, we, we pat them on the back and say, okay, you go do your thing. Go do your thing. What kind of mentoring is that? We shy away from sharing the hard words. But what if... What if you're the only person that would say that? The thing that that person needs to hear. What if you're the only one who will do it? What if, what if you're the only one who will remind them of that truth? What if that person who seems to be a little pestering to you is the only one who's going to speak those words of encouragement in your life? We need to be mutually present for each other, willing to say the hard things. But it's not just about being willing to say the hard things. It's also about having the other's best interest at heart. That's the third thing, right? So you got some life overlap. You, uh, you are mutually present for each other. And the third is you have the best interest of the other person at heart. So uh, we know that Ruth proved that she had Naomi's best interest at heart. And and Naomi proves that in Ruth chapter 3. It's kind of strange, though, how she does it. I mean, maybe as you heard me reading, you're like, what is going on? This sounds like a soap opera, not the Bible, right? Naomi's like, you know, go wait till he's asleep and then go sneak up into his tent and and, uh, climb under the bed sheets with him. 
You're like, whoa, Naomi, what kind of advice are you giving here? And uh, <laughs> Ruth trusted her. She did everything that, that, Ruth, that Naomi commanded her because she believed that Naomi had her best interest at heart. Even in this strange situation, and, and as I was preparing for my sermon, I learned that this was kind of, uh, this is Ruth's way of asking Boaz to marry her. It's a strange custom. I mean, just get down on one knee, bring the ring. I feel like that might be a little safer. I don't know. But in Ezekiel chapter 16, God uses this same image to talk about his love for his people. What they would do, the tradition was to cover, uh, to use your garment to cover over, the groom would cover over the bride to show that he would protect and provide for his bride. It was to show a sign of, of safety and security, to spread your garment over, to spread your wings over is what, uh, what Ruth chapter 3 says. Let me read Ezekiel chapter 16. God is talking about his love for his people and the promise and commitment that he's made. Here in verse 8, he says, When I passed by you, and when I saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. You were ready to get married. And I spread the corner of my garment over you, and I made my vow to you, and I entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. This is what God has done for us in Jesus. He's spread his garment over us. He's brought us into his family. He's made a covenant, a promise that he will be with us forever, that he will provide for us forever. Jesus has made that promise to us. And, and here in, in the book of Ruth, we see uh, that same promise being extended. Now, this best interest, um, we could stop there, but as Christians, there's one more step. Mentoring is rooted in the Father's love. It's rooted in the, the Father who provides for all things, who covers us with his garment. And, and we're going to look at the life of Boaz to see exactly what that meant. Because, well, Boaz had the opportunity there Boaz had the opportunity to do about whatever he wanted. But what he did was he honored the Lord. Boaz lived in the time of the book of Judges. And, and if you've ever read the book of Judges, it begins and ends with this line. There was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Gosh, that could be used today, right? Everyone just did what was right in their own eyes. In a time when you could do whatever you wanted, Boaz followed the Lord. In a time when you could live life your own way, Boaz trusted in God's plan. And no matter what, he would follow God's rules. So as Ruth comes to him at night, <laughs> he honors her. He respects her. He shows her kindness, and, and he actually sends her back home with more food. He says, wait till the early morning so you can get home safely. And I'll send you home with more food. And he said there's a tradition, right, that uh, because her husband died, um, there would be a man that would redeem her or remarry her. And there was one man who had the chance first. That Boaz was going to follow all the rules, follow all the traditions, do it the right way. He would be above reproach. He was a man who had honor and esteem, and he proved that he was willing to take care of his workers, he was willing to take care of the poor, and he promised even to take care of Ruth herself. Naomi saw this. Naomi saw a man rooted in the love of the Father. What's so striking about Boaz is he's actually the son of Rahab, 
if you remember the walls of Jericho, they come tumbling down, and, and Rahab, this person who's not connected to God or connected to God's people, she sees God at work, and she's like, I want to be part of that. So Rahab is brought into the people of God, and Rahab is the mother of Boaz. So Boaz sees this woman who's an outsider, Ruth, who wants to be part of God's people, and he sees another person who wants to be rooted in the Father's love, not in the ways of the world or the, 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 the ways of idolatry. She wants to be rooted in the ways of God. So he marries her. He provides her with a, with a safe place. He provides her with love and care, and, and they end up getting married. He spreads his garment over her and, and provides her that protection and that safety and that security. What we see Boaz do is as, as they, have, uh, they have children and grandchildren and, and great-grandchildren, and, and it, it lets you know there at the end of the book of Ruth that their great-grandson is actually David, who will be the future king of Israel. And their great, 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 great grandson, if you read Matthew chapter 1, is Jesus, the Savior of the world. I think so often in our lives, we're looking for like that, that uh, social media post that we can just share and, and change the world. Or we're waiting for somebody else to make this really big message or a pastor to have a really great sermon that you can just, you, oh, they just need to hear that. You know, if they would just sit in church and they would hear that, everything would be good. I think Boaz and Ruth, they show that, that, that change takes place in the midst of relationships. As people are present for each other, as they speak the truth in love, as they have each other's best interests at heart, as they root themselves in the Father's love, you see a family of faith develop that ultimately leads to the birth of of the Savior of the entire world. What if, right? What if Naomi and Ruth weren't there for each other? What if Boaz wasn't a man who was honorable and followed the Lord? How different the story would have gone. Jesus, he came, he said, let the little children come to me. For theirs is the kingdom of God. They are, they are part of the family. They are mine. And what does he do? He says, you got you to gotta receive the kingdom of God like a little child. And what did that mean for Jesus? It meant that you come to him, he scoops you up in his arms, and he blesses you. That's what he did for those children 2,000 years ago, and that's his promise to us today. Come to me, he says. Let me carry you in the loving arms of our Heavenly Father, let me bless you. So as, as we wrap this message up today, friends, I want to encourage you. Who are you mentoring? Who are you investing in? Who are, who are you present for? Who could you be present for? Who are those people that are on your heart right now? And who's mentoring you? Who's there to speak into your life? In all of my new member classes, I always ask this question. I say, um, share somebody who, who has uh, been a role model of faith in your life. It's always so, so many good stories that come out of that. I hear a lot of fathers, mothers, grandparents, pastors. 
there's somebody who wants to say your name, who's going to say your name when they're asked who was there for you in your faith. Live. Live like that. You know, mentoring provides uh, a mirror for us. You know, I, I realized that <laughs> using this illustration earlier, I realized I don't use a mirror a ton. You know, I was like, I, I, was, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, you get your hair right. And I was, I, in my mind, I was thinking, you, put, you can put your lipstick on or whatever. And I didn't say that because I didn't want anyone to think like, does Pastor Ethan put lipstick on? What kind of a pastor is he? Um, you know, I have a daughter, so probably someday I'll... Uh, get some lipstick put on. We'll see, I guess. But uh, we use a, a mirror to check our physical appearance. We need people in our lives. We need people rooted in the Father's love to help us see who we are spiritually, to know how to grow, to know how to be human. My prayer is that the Spirit strengthens you as you go to be connected to be present, and to help others be rooted in the love of the Father too. Please pray with me now. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person whom you've gathered here today. Lord, that you would that you'd be present in their lives, that you would use them powerfully to speak the truth in love to the people that you've surrounded them with, that you would open up their hearts to hear what others have to say, those who have their best interests at heart too. Lord, I pray that you would root us all in your love, the love of the Heavenly Father that provides us with encouragement and love and support and safety and security today and forever. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.